relax. Those beats mean you're now listening to the very real people and places that supply your high. This is Grown Local with Billy Wayne Davis and Mike McGowan. is the best theme song in cannabis podcasting uh the very very wonderful ron funches uh michael how are you i'm alive how about yourself yeah no it's good i'm doing good um breathe in this, all the oxygen this week i'm excited because we are talking to a old friend of mine uh old in the sense of i knew her years ago not in <laughs> that she's an old it. lady but uh the aarp are sending the emails so i mean we're at that we're at that level now it's good though that those discounts take it i mean i'll take them i'm take a girl it. who loves a, a coupon code knowing where you are in life's okay <laughs> i don't think so. like uh and i'll just for people who are like um we are continuing with our oklahoma theme right now it will not be all <laughs> oklahoma but we are trying to stay on oklahoma uh, because things your state is insane right now every news thing is just like and so we're trying to get like what's been happening on the forefront and before we get started on that i will say that i met jesse years ago she tried to say 20 years ago but it's not been that long it's close but um it's like 15 15 uh, yeah yeah it's like 15 um uh but at a comedy club in Virginia and I was touring with Ralphie May and uh, and it's been said on here like I have quite a tolerance and always have and uh, Fatty Warbucks had a tolerance as well and you became uh, our pal pretty quick yeah because a you had like really good bud and no yeah. one did on back then this was like uh, mid 2000s, mid to yeah. late 2000s. Mm -hmm. And no one on the East Coast or anywhere, it was always just like, it was real, Maybe. real, just like, oh. And then you just had quality. And uh, then we noticed, like, oh, she can, she can actually smoke with us because most people couldn't keep up, which was funny yeah. for us. But then you were just like chatting away. <laughs> we're like, hey, this is fun. She's fun so yeah uh what i loved about you guys is you did you treated me like one of the guys so you i chill i spent a lot of time chilling with you and ralphie and it was a lot of fun and yes nobody knocked me out once nope. not one time but i will say back then all we had available to us was combustible flour so there was none of that second pass uh i royally fucked myself this week with that second pass just do overdose overdosing thinking i because of people like you i think i'm a fucking hard ass and mm -hmm. i can just handle it um and i know i just over hit my limit um uh, but yes combustible flour i will go nose to nose with you still that's it's okay <laughs> it is uh, my but, favorite flour i could just handle flour all day um yeah but uh, you don't want to mess with me with concentrates because as Mike, it does the opposite to me that it does everybody else. Where like they're on the like some true stoners on the floor, and I am the Energizer Bunny. Where it's like, let's just you guys want to play ping pong? What's going on? It's I don't mess with the concentrate. It's just it's the I don't like it. It's like an. Is upper. it too much of a stimulant stimulant for you? Yeah. It's like Popeye's, like with the can of spinach and everything, is basically what happens when Billy does a dab. He's like, You guys want to go run? You, we should go run some laps. I'm like, All right, come on. It down is at, at the end of the day, too. I shouldn't like everybody's like, Yeah, that's a good idea. And I'm like, Okay. And then I'm like, Oh, this is a terrible idea. No, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's me. No, I'll just hang out here until you get back. It is. <laughs> <laughs> It's not, I mean, it's not bad, but it's not like ideal. <laughs> but yeah, I remember you, you know, because they, certain people you keep, you keep in touch with, especially in comedy, not like 
like there are people that you become friends with in the business that aren't yeah. comedians and things like that i mean most people come and go and you're like well we sh this is should never speak of anything but you know there's and then you moved to i remember you're like i'm moving to oklahoma and i was like that's a that's a move it's certainly yeah. a move yeah and then that was way before legalization so did you think when you were there because like i will say this that tulsa was uh i remember this so vividly the first time i went there this was before you moved there uh they sold me a ounce of weed for 60 dollars, and it was like the it was just <laughs> this brick stuff and brick. i was like yeah oh brick. so funny and yeah. i was like oh and they were like this is the best stuff in town i was like is no. it he was is lying it? well no. at then i do think <laughs> then at the time <laughs> it probably it was like when towns could go dry that kind of stuff but between that that trip and the next one colorado legalized it yeah and the next time i went to tulsa i was like oh here we go i'm gonna smoke some like just actual rubber i think this is what we're gonna smoke and no it the whole thing was flooded it was everything i was like yeah oh so people when they're like yeah they're just going and bringing it back and it was like oh so that was that was my first clue which is interesting was tulsa oklahoma was my first clue that they can't stop legalization now but once colorado opened it up there's just too many people driving in does that make sense like yeah uh would um i'll tell you a little bit about when we legalized yes um okay right on so oh and also why i'm here uh, I, I was born here you just didn't know that i didn't had no idea yeah that makes, i went to that makes college. more that makes me feel better about your move <laughs> Oh, bless her heart. That girl moved to Tulsa, Oklahoma. Why? Yeah. No, I actually love Tulsa. Um, it's I do great. too. No, it's, it's fun it's and weird. It's like a, it's like a little yes. oasis in Oklahoma. Yes. yes. We, we don't belong in Oklahoma. No, it's That's great. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so back to that. So I went to DC for college, um, uh, but I moved to DC in 2001. So we remember what it was like in DC in 2001 in September mm -hmm. and I was in my media class that morning um, and so I witnessed all of that on the screens um, and then sat in that traffic going back for hours um, and we were the whole city was on lockdown right so you could only get out of the city you couldn't get back in and yeah. all my family was here in Oklahoma so um I let, I, I didn't go back to school, that school after that. I was just, I don't know. At the time I didn't realize that it had really fucked me up, but nonetheless, I transferred to Richmond. That's how I got to Richmond. Gotcha. Um, when I went to Richmond, that's really how I learned about cultivating, um, seed, seed exchange. Um, I, I met a lot of just like, you know fucking books i met a lot of books in richmond no you uh, were like a like a you were in the culture that you weren't yeah. just a stoner you were like like because we talked about that i was like she's not like just like a pothead like she's no. like in this thing this no um yeah i didn't realize richmond I had that focus. but i was like she's in it yeah no <laughs> uh no but i i uh i was consuming cannabis then i think i stood out in uh in social circles and smoke circles, just because I had a lot of questions and I was, uh, I don't know, I was engaging, right? So I wasn't just participating and letting it happen to me. Yeah. Okay. So um, by the time I met you guys, I was pretty comfortable in the comp cannabis conversation. We just called it weed. But um, when I moved to Oklahoma, I, so fast forward, um, my, I met my spouse when I was 16, so I've known him my whole life. And uh, we reconnected on the internet via MySpace or whatever, it was MySpace. And so I came home and started a family. Like a lot of us did, I had reached a, like a plateau and I was in Richmond and I wasn't living like a, 
I don't know. I knew there was more for me and it wasn't there. And so I came. Well, you were living that. And I was, I mean, a lot of people have lived that, that uh, server culture lifestyle. <sighs> that and... stand doing Jaeger until six in the morning. <laughs> and then. Uh, yeah. To blow off uh, steam because work sucked and it's hard, but you made money. And so you got cash in your pocket and then you're with all these really yeah. fun people yeah. that like to party too. So why not? But it's just yeah. this will never end, and I don't grow it's old. Cyclical. It's cyclical. It's dangerous. I'm glad I got out of it. It was yeah, easy path. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So I came home, and that's where I I always was using cannabis as I was always using cannabis recreationally, but I was also using cannabis as medicine unknowingly. Now that I'm a SME and I'm a cannabis I educate patients and I spend a lot of one-on-one -on -one time in these Zoom calls with patients. Um, I went through the certifications and the things that at first I was against because I was like, oh, this is just a way for that. A lot of people have been coming into Oklahoma to make money off of us. But then I found that those certifications were necessary to keep my ball in the game. So now I am in the position I'm at because um, I was very curious and inquisitive when I first started joining smoke circles. I went to the very first three Bonnaroos. I, people are, I know, see, I was expecting you to fucking laugh at me. No, I was, <laughs> I actually I just laughed, but no, I just laughed because. I know, because you're from Tennessee. That, and <laughs> that's, it's, that's not a special thing because to me, because I'm from Tennessee. So I know, I know people who be like, I've been to every Bonnaroo. But there's also, but there's also it's, a dude I know that I bet you know, and that's what made me laugh. I was like, I bet they know each other because of this, and I never put it together. And afterwards, we will talk about it. But it's okay. It made me giggle, and that's what I was trying I to laugh. And I was like, Holy fuck! I bet they know each other. Um. <laughs> Likely, I know everyone. Uh, I only mentioned Bonnaroo because the first three Bonnaroos are not the commercialized Bonnaroo that you guys have today. Where it's pre-bought the farm. It yeah. was the it, okay. It and was, that's yeah, where that... I really was able to share information and receive information. Um, and people were willing to give of themselves freely just to tell you what they know because they're happy and excited about it. Because there people had, I don't know, you're able to like shimmy off that like outer layer of what are people going to think about me or say about me or how are they going to look at me if I'm weird or silly or like excited about weed well you're people in the bubble just, you're in the yeah. bubble there so yeah. there's no yeah there's no stigma at festivals or in these yeah. like that's what's cool is those bubbles are yeah. popping yeah so anyway that's how I first started uh getting into cannabis and then when I I became a mom. I came here. I started a family and I got into postpartum care. This is how I transitioned into cannabis as medicine. And then we can talk about how medicine, cannabis as medicine is changing Oklahoma. Yes. Um, so I, I got into postpartum doula care uh, and I was meeting families' needs where they were in their home. Um, either right after they bring baby home or maybe when spouse has to go back to the office or whatever that looks like. And the, the primary parent is in the home with the siblings, whatever that looks like. Anyway, a lot of those families are holistic families, but we're very, at this time, pre 2018 in Oklahoma, we're very closeted still because we're scared of DHS. We're scared of, um, a public siblings public school the fucking red ribbon week is terrifying pre-2018 in Oklahoma because your child goes to school every day and learns drugs are bad and here's a list of the bad drugs right um it was a weird transition period where a lot of people were um using cannabis as medicine for me that looked like migraine therapy my spouse and I have a whole routine that keeps me from puking my balls off for hours. I can't fucking see. I've had two car accidents under a migraine. It's not fun. So 
it includes cannabis as medicine. It includes acupressure, um, ice therapy, but it's all combined. And if you remove one of those, the others, it, the, the synergy of them is greater. You understand. Synergetically, each no, piece of my, 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 yeah. This is the second episode in a row we've, that yeah. migraines have come up. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay, well, anyway. No, no, no. We no, don't no. mean it as a bad... No, it's a good thing. It is a... It's it, It's just interesting that these these two... Was are, it a female that you were talking to? Yes, but I would yes. also relate it because, like, it's something I've, I've suffered from since, like, I can... Like, adolescence. So... Oh. Yeah. It's a lot of the endocannabinoid system and the okay, huge... Okay, so you're... So, yeah. So I talk about your ECS all the time. We all... Everybody has an ECS, your grandma, your sister, and we all have ECS deficiencies, whether it's diabetes, whether it's um, hypertension, whether it's ADHD or ADD, we all have deficiencies. Oh, who? Oh, not you, Mike. Uh, <laughs> Very anyway, much we so. all have them. We do. And so now it's my purpose as an advocate to just share this information with everybody who will listen. Um, but pre 2018, we were scared. I was a postpartum doula. I was in people's homes and I knew that they were consuming some of them, the holistically practicing families were consuming cannabis, but not in front of me. I just, as a cannabis consumer knew, you know, you know, when you go into somebody's garage that there's not a, a vase with a rosebud in it, it's a bong <laughs> that you stuck a rose in. So nobody would know. <laughs> and it's in the garage. Anyway, um, you just, you, you pick, or sometimes you can tell when there's a shift in the balance of the day, maybe the spouse is typically consuming at 6.30 PM, but he can't because you're fucking there up his ass all day. If they were open to having that conversation and weren't afraid of you, then everyone would be happier and healthier while they mm. were bringing this baby into their home. So I really wanted to merge cannabis as medicine, at least just comfortably discussing it openly um, with postpartum, it, well, any perinatal care really, but that's a gray area nobody wants to talk about. So we'll just talk about postpartum. Um, so that's what I was doing. And you then, can come back uh, and talk about that. Yeah, okay, because so that, like, we're doing baby steps here. Yeah, we're doing yeah. baby steps. We're gradually so then, ruining um, stigma. We all were voting. So we voted in June of 2018. Uh, it was really a grassroots campaign. There were um, groups, pockets of, of people who were uh, accumulating uh, signatures and also creating the copy that was going into the house bills. Um, and these groups of people were Oklahoma City and um, Tulsa Metro and um, rural areas, and they were coming together and then really just um, grassroots telling all of the Oklahoma residents about it. So they were everywhere. So anywhere you would see them, you would just sign. Uh, we got enough signatures and we voted in June. 57% of Oklahomans voted yes. So 57, it's so small. I have a tattoo on my arm with a little 57 in it. Just That's still <laughs> crazy. That's still like, <laughs> you've, I mean, I've done comedy in that state a bunch and that is crazy. It's very small and we're so red here. Like people like me and you are not, we're not as common as who we're fighting against every day. Oh, I know. Um, they did, and, I, about, about 20 minutes into my act, they figure out I'm not who they thought they were seeing. <laughs> oh, oh, honey, your you're sweet voice. I Bless your heart. No, I they like it. I have fun here. with it. But they, you can they see love them and be you. like, this son of a bitch. Is yeah, they, they love us. you here until they start listening to what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, 57% of the votes were... Uh, yay, we're for cannabis as medicine. Um, and then all of the little, I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not using the correct uh, verbiage, but um, I can tell you some of the details. Uh, you can, anyone 
can open a dispensary as long as you're not a felon and you're a resident. And there's even a percentage. It only has to be a certain percentage has to be a resident. Everybody else can be from out of state, but we'll get to that later. We don't. Anyway. Um, <laughs> uh, um, that's you always to... the silver bullet. Trust me. Every um, state that we talk to people, that's always the silver bullet. I know, it's I know. Well, technically, this percentage of the business owners don't have to be from the state. Well, it's like you. Yeah, mean, I'm not. You're. You're. I don't love that. Okay. Um, <laughs> also, you have to be a thousand feet from a school, um, and it and it's uh, schools and daycares, and even then. They have to be on a specific list. If they're not on the list, you can fucking open your dispo. In Tulsa, they have to be a thousand feet from each other. But if you go across the river to Sand Springs, they can be right across the street, right next door. Um, it's really county by county. So um, there's no limit one. to dispensaries. There's more. Dis there are so many dispensaries here. There's so many retailers that they're closing every day because I bet. Yeah. Uh -huh. there was no limit set. And yeah. for me, I've opened three dispensaries and I have worked for two major, two major brands, major labels. Um, and I can tell you just from an insider's perspective, there are too many fucking retailers. There should be a cap because all they're doing is the mom and pops are like blowing their 401ks, Destroying their savings, they're fucking choking. It's so sad. It's like um, it's by design and they want big companies to come in <laughs> when the federal goes legal and they'd be like, oh, did y'all, could you not breathe anymore and you're drowning? Bye. It's, so right now we have a whole bunch of house bills. I just wrote a piece about this that's going to be published in the April edition of Herbage Magazine. I've been writing for them for the last seven months, not for them. I'm a freelance writer. Herbage buys my pieces from me yeah. and I love working with them. They're like family now. Um, Herbage. Herbage Magazine. I'll, I'll send you the link so you, you guys get that. Um, anyway, I just wrote a piece about all of the house bills. We have some fucking crazy house bills right now. You can jump on and watch some of the um, legislative feed. Mm -hmm. One of our house bills that was just shot down was our prepack bill. I hate a prepack. I think everybody does, unless it has a bovita. Like there are too many factors in a prepack. I don't love it. We love deli style in Oklahoma. It's how we've always had it. Yes. I understand post COVID that there are issues with that. I don't want you to hand me your fucking three pound jar. And then like, I get that maybe smell jars are, are important, but I didn't want to go to legal prepacks because um, for obvious reasons that you and I get. However, no, it's what I deal with in LA and it's a crapshoot and it sucks. It's the worst. It's mostly so that there can be another step in the whole process, a whole nother amount of people just having to touch it and taxation. And ultimately, as an agricultural product, it's just annoying that that has to be an aspect of it it just always reminds me whenever you see those memes online of oranges wrapped in plastic or in a plastic container that. and it's just like you yeah. motherfuckers i was gonna <laughs> ask you your opinion on that being an agriculturalist do you think that we are in the direction of like go to in go to the wawa and you can get a head of like gross cabbage and like a pre an eighth pre-pack and like, do you think we're going there? Yes. Well, yes. hey, hold uh, real quick. I want to yes. thank you very much for saying Wawa. I really appreciate you saying Wawa. Oh, I Wah -wah. miss Wawa. We don't have it here. You love guys Wah -wah. can do this later. I love Wawa. <laughs> but what I'm getting to is like, and the whole sad thing too is I felt very excited for Oklahoma just because it was like one of the actual 
you know, uh, Midwestern states, you know, I was like, okay, this has a strong agricultural background. Yeah. I hope they keep it as ag as possible because mm-hmm. here in Oregon, we did kind of a nice job, but we have the wine industry that also we took some cues from, but uh, Washington used to be very ag centric, but now California has kind of been dispersing its bullshit amongst most of the states and a lot yeah. of the MSO, st- a lot of the MSO businesses now have everything pre-packed as ease which is also for me so annoying because i'm like okay we're being even more wasteful with this plastic and with all this so i can't i can't or oregon sucker right now has three wrappers oregon now just got rid of uh child safety packaging which just makes me so fucking happy you know our kids know what cannabis is (laughs) they're most of them it's in their genes but um (laughs) literally they get them in their pockets (laughs) but um no as an agricultural product i think it's really really shitty and not the best way for cannabis um you know cultivation to have it pre-packaged It's just mostly, I mean, just even going off of our friends down in Humboldt County, you know, it should be untrimmed. I'm that's what I think also. Are you on board with that now? They're not ready for that here. No, we're not ready for that. No, I was going to say like, look, I get the purest in all you guys. I get it, but I get it. But that I get it for you. I think you should have that option at the dispo. Um, but Oklahomans, the majority of my patients, the people that come to the counter, no, they're that not education ready. education comes so long. Like, that's so far down the line. To, like, because I'm, I love all this shit, but I'm not there yet. I'm not to that yet. Like, even just, me, I'm like, mm, I don't. Just even think mine, of, when I grow it, I'm like, let me get this off there. Well, just think about it. It's the same thing as taking a banana and peeling it and then putting it into the grocery store to sit there. You're knocking off all the trichomes. You're doing all that inside the jar. That's a good point. That's good. Damn it. (laughs) Well done, Mike. Because I can't argue with that. That's good. Because that would be so weird. You go to, and there's just like unpeeled bananas. You're like, not good. Oh. I'm gonna touch it. I mean, I'm hungry, but ugh. and everybody's little fingerprints are in it. Ah! <laughs> anyway, to get back to it, okay. I, so, several in addition qu- oh, the- to that, there's like 12 bills. There's a whole bunch of bills going down. Can right you now. link? Can you send us a link so we yes. can link yes. it out and tell people they can watch this nonsense happening? Yes, I'll send you the link. I'll send you the link to my piece. I, I literally spell out all the house bills that are happening right now. Cool. I'll follow um, up. In addition to the prepack bill, that was shot down. So that's not in effect right now. Um, there's a non-opaque bill. So right now, all of our drams have to be like this guy, opaque, right? I don't know how it is where you guys live, but you can't see in it. You can't see through it so that children can't see that there's the devil's lettuce in here. That makes them one that that makes it worse because they're like, what's in there? It's like mysterious. It's more mysterious than it's just like, hey, that's a plant. The industry went crazy when they found out about the prepack bill and really didn't, some did, but most people didn't really read the other bills. And there are a lot of bills. Uh, One of them um, tiers the, so right now we have these big conglomerate growers, right? And then we have the mom and pop growers and they pay the same entry fee annually. (laughs) Yeah. So that's another bill. So we're, they're tearing that out. So good. these that's guys good. and these guys don't pay the same. It's, it, it's dependent upon your size, I'm assuming. Um, and there are a couple other bills. I can't can recall. I all of them. Can I oh. interrupt? Yes. Let yeah, me, please. Um, when you say these big conglomerates, like yeah. what, does, what do you mean? Because what we're the learning. Pipeline, the pipeline guys, the oil and gas guys. If you were in Virginia, it would be the tobacco guys. So they're already in the. They're st- waiting. We're in year four right now. So if you're smart, you haven't opened yet, but you've been sitting on your licensing. You've been renewing your licensing and waiting. And they've shell um, companied. The, the big names guys. and all that so they're already mm-hmm. there it, yeah. it's 
Oh, yeah. No. Um, and we do have some stores who have already opened who you can tell their background or they're boastful. There's a lot of ego in this industry. You um, don't say. No. <laughs> oh no. my God. And you don't have to have a dick to have an ego in our industry. The women, the egos. I can't. I can't. But you could. I've never noticed. But that. I choose not to. I no longer <laughs> choose to play. Um, anyway, <laughs> so now uh, there's like 10 or 12 house bills. They're happening right now. And um, also metric is going into effect. So uh, you guys are familiar with metric because yes, uh-huh. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm, in Oklahoma, yeah. nobody knows who they are. So- You're about to find out. Yeah, well- Are they I a private like, company? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure metric's a private company. Well, so they are, but they but you can find out a whole lot about them. The on state, the they're like contracting or like, I don't know how they're, okay. Oh, no. The state they're, is hiring them to contract their uh, services. See the sales service. No, I so, know all about them. My previous company, we actually, Oklahoma was supposed to go into metric, <laughs> but Ron Durbin and his cojones um, blocked that, which is great. But the, it didn't stay. And now they have until I believe May 26. It's the end of May. I don't know that it's 26, but that is in my piece. So I'll be sending that to you. Awesome. Um, and they have until the end of May to uh, be metric compliant. So that's batches of 10, no more singles, no more dropping samples for a penny because now you have a unit of, t- you have 10 per pack. Um, and then there's also these bundles of um, t- of tagging. You have to pay for the tagging. It's 25 cents per item. The fuck? And then you have to I tag every plant. Own a brand. That pisses me off. You got, mm. you got it. Racket. Yeah, yeah, that's a nice way to put it. A like, racket. They're, right, they're <laughs> right down there. You can see them. Um, you have to tag every single plant and you can't even just have them in the room with the plants. They have to actually be on every single one of the plants with it. And because they don't want the tags getting messed up in an environment where you're watering and stuff like that, these are non-biodegradable plastic tags that More are plastic. sealed in. And we're all required to use them or we're non-compliant. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So some other thing, another house bill that's going to- You guys know where plastic comes from? Uh, Petroleum. They just, oh, from Oklahoma. Just so so we're, yeah, just so we're Yeah, they just found plastics in the first person's blood. Did you guys see that? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. I just saw that article. It was great. Yeah, but they were stretch arms strong, you guys. So that guy's not- Okay, dad jokes all day this is yeah. serious yeah, plastic no in our blood this is cannabis so i'm not okay. even getting my <laughs> okay. i'm getting my fucking Asian. a lot of puns today yeah. a lot it's a free one okay so the next another hospital that i'm thinking of right now that uh it could potentially go into effect um is they are taking, I can't remember the sum right now i want to say it's like a hundred thousand dollars annually from our taxes um which by the way, OMA is under some investigation. Uh, that's OMA is the Oklahoma Medical Marijuana Authority. Anyway. Who investigates from, them? Um, I wish as a good um, investigative reporter, I wish I knew this, but I don't know this right now, but I can get you all the information. So there, But there's um, another government agency investigating them. OMA's investigating them. But I it don't is know. like they, a, they were re, they were going to redo all of their offices within the first year. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, our money is going somewhere. Wow. So, so this takes five hundred or a hundred thousand or I don't know the sum out of our taxes and places it in the sheriff's department where they're going to create. So the Oklahoma sheriffs are going to create a group that goes to grows and they're OMMA certified to go to your grow or your retail establishment and check and make sure you're compliant. The sheriff's department with all of their arsenal and all, all uh-huh. of this. Yeah, seems, yeah. 
And we don't want they're just that. well, no, and they're known for their overtraining. <laughs> the reason they're doing it is because there's a lot of shit just sliding through the cracks in Oklahoma because oh, Oma is in over their heads. There's more of us and not enough of them. If you jump on like any kind of um, linked or any staffing website, there's a million Oma uh, Oma positions available. A million. There's several Oma positions available because they need to do so many checks. So every day, there's so many of us, and there's not enough of them. So and it's almost as if it's overregulated to the point in which it doesn't make sense for most human beings to check these things. Yeah, they want to make sure that every that the growth. We also so here's the flip to this point. We have, and it's documented, so you'll find it in the media. Um, we have people who are coming to Oklahoma, who. Um, are it's they're essentially growing or like running these like sweat operations and then um black market selling all of the weed out of Oklahoma so I bet that's just not an Oklahoma thing (laughs) (laughs) but you guys really did fuck up the people's market this last couple of years I'm gonna tell you yes (laughs) I know some really I have interviewed recently some really hardworking just mom and pop growers it's like the the grandma the mom the dad the daughter her husband you know a lot of them and all they want to do is like heal their sister grandma cousin staff person you know they just want to like make people feel better and pay their bills but they can't and there there's like an impending doom coming because just of the way this market is and the direction that we're going. It's kind of, it's scary and it's dicey. So I've seen a lot of us? people lose their, I've seen a lot of people lose their savings. I mean, my spouse and I were involved in our first, uh, we left our, our industries. I was in postpartum care, like we talked about. Um, and he's in um, digital some fucking data analytics. Like I a computer I thing. Yeah, he has I don't a fucking job. speak That's that awesome. language. It's good that he has but a job. But we both left We're our happy. industries to get into cannabis, like a bunch of people in Oklahoma. Um, and there were, I mean, we just, you sign on. Unfortunately, there's some good people like us who have to just keep doing good um, and know that good will come back to them. And you're you, you're working alongside of really bad fucking people because it is what it is. We're only four years into the industry. And when we first started, like there's a lot of people who have their sisters, wives, whatever, getting their um, licenses because they're felons or they, you know, they're running weed illegally somewhere else. I don't know. Um, it's just- well- that a lot of people are losing their hard-earned money just wanting to get in. So that's really sad. Yeah. If, if y'all want to come out and see what it looks like in a state that's eight years into it, y'all are more than welcome. You know, <laughs> it's, it's, it's almost worse. It's almost worse out here in some respects. Just a lot of consolidation, a lot of market tanking and stuff like that. But I mean, <sighs> there is that. And ultimately, it's just... This is my whole hope is that eventually it'll get to the point where it's only the people that actually really enjoy doing this. You know, they'll suck this yeah, industry the dry. Me- and then yeah. it's just the people who actually like cannabis will be the ones left in it. That is there the is fascinating part to oh. me that I've noticed in the two or so years I've been, you know, with my feet in the cannabis industry. Mm-hmm. You know, like that it it's an interesting plant and it reminds me of comedy in the same aspect is like there's a certain passion you have to have for the plant for you to really enjoy the business because because it's not you can get rich but you can get rich doing comedy and you're gonna make a better living than most livings in both if you are passionate about either but if you're not it 
people come and go like that's it like it's like you see them dip in like oh man i think i can make a bunch and you're like no it's not real estate and it's not insurance it's not you have to you have to want it more than anything else you have to like helping people and understand that they yeah. just i think really in the <laughs> it sounds so cheesy and corny but it's so true the more the more i get into it is like and the more people i talk to that are successful in it is that it changed their life in some way for the good yeah. and yeah. then they're constantly trying to give back you know and let people understand like this isn't bad but yeah. there is some nonsense going on that any growing pains are going to happen and so what we're trying to do and i think you're doing the same thing is like educate people as this federal legalization is happening because it's yeah. happening and it's happening yeah. fast yes i've been yeah. talking to my friends about that that's really exciting um, but are you we need ready? to let people know that that like cannabis but aren't in the game but enjoy it they're going to fuck the small growers unless we protect them and that's right. going to fuck the plant up so we have to, at a local state level, start hollering. And I think that's our point this whole year with the rest of this, this our podcast this rest of the year is like, that's our whole message is we're talking to people like you and we would love to talk to some more of those mom and pop people that are struggling to get their names out there and to hear what's happening on the front lines because that's, it, like... <laughs> it's people seeing their faces and hearing their stories and knowing that they're not some douchey white kid in a lowered civic selling yeah. weed. Cause yeah. that's who a lot of people think fucking that's what they so, think when they think of cannabis, not that that kid is a bad kid, but he ain't cool. He's, he, he doesn't, he's I'm not so good glad hang. that you said you that. I mean? He's not a yeah, good Yeah, I'm hang. glad you said that. Um, in, on May 15th, uh, so now I, I no longer am, I, I actually told a vendor the other day, you couldn't pay me $100,000 to represent another brand. Um, but, so now I just want to give of myself. Um, and obviously, um, I am compensated financially when I'm doing what I love. So, um, on May 15th, I'm working with this, uh, it's four women, um, and we're run by, uh, this female Tara Quinn, who I love. She's become like a best friend, um, called high hopes. And we're doing this, uh, education event. This is one of many events for non-card holders because pretty soon, um, you just mentioned about federally going, le mm -hmm. you know, federal legalization. We aren't really talking about it a lot here uh, because we're still in the go, 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 get people licensed phase because we just want to get cannabis into people's homes who need to shed, you know, barbiturates or fucking meth around here or alcohol or whatever. Yeah. Um, so that's what we're trying to do is just get people licensed. Um, inevitably, we're going wreck. And I can't wait for that to happen. Um, but just for this week and this month, we just want to still keep fighting the fight to get people medically licensed, which is so easy in Oklahoma. There are no qualifying conditions. So I'll repeat. There are no qualifying conditions. You just need a doctor's <laughs> signature. I have that's like that's like early California where you're like, hey. I have non- <laughs> Yeah, I see I'm you're, si I see you're sitting across from me. Good for you. All right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so anyway, we're doing an event for non-patients. It's education, um, meeting people at their level. So we have somebody from the state. We have an attorney coming. We have um, a doctor, obviously, and a pharmacist. Um, talking to moms and cousins and aunties about cannabis and normalizing it. Um, and then also licensing them if they choose to. And this is just how we want to continue the, just the fellowship of cannabis. That's a very religious -y thing. I'm agnostic. Please don't make any assumptions about me based it's on the word, word fellowship. It's a word. <laughs> it means community. It's, it's not. It's but Lord when it comes to cannabis. It's yes. a party. Yeah, it's very much Lord of cannabis. the Rings. And you're also speaking to Oklahoma. So it's not a bad choice of words. <laughs> They've been when doing fellowship cannabis, for a long time there, Mr. 
Mr. Oral Sex Roberts there. <laughs> I'm actually, yeah, Oral Roberts University is about two and a half miles up the street from mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so yeah, so uh, we are just still spreading the good word of your ECS, letting everybody's grandma know she has one, um, and just helping people well, let those women know that we have a behind our Patreon, a, another podcast where Mike teaches me how to grow in a tent with this living soil. <laughs> and the whole idea is to teach everyone how to grow and how easy it is. Because if we're all growing, they can't do shit. It's like shooting off fireworks when they're illegal. It's like, oh, oh, we're all doing it. What are you going to do? Nothing. Yes. Um, so in a lot of dispensaries here, you can also buy clones. I know yes. that you want to teach people how to grow from seed. I can grow from literally anything. Um, well, like, you know, I'm still growing from wet paper towels. I mean, I, I you know, whatever. <laughs> I mean, you're not doing it. The plant's doing it. See, I learned that through this process. Can I blow a little life into it and zip it up? And You can give it, a- it love, but you ain't doing the work. <laughs> All right. You're right. The I know done. I am. I used to be so wrong about it. Like, it's just fun to be like, nope, you didn't do shit. And people are like, what? And like, that plant did it. I mm-hmm. love that you guys are a cultivation rich podcast um, and not like a dab rig rich podcast. Like, um, I get to talk to you about um, like the manufacturing of cannabis, and you don't look at me like, I just said something that was below 36%. Like, you know what I'm saying? Um, I do. Uh, we do know what you're saying. <laughs> I appreciate that. I value that. Um, anyway, here we have a ton of people wanting to get into the cannabis industry. Um, most of the people want to own their own brand. They want to be the big guy. I have found in my four years that, and I used to, I used to want to be in the biggest brand. I used to want to, you know, the goal is no longer the clout for me. The goal is no longer the ego and the clout and the biggest paycheck, even though the biggest brands guys aren't seeing the biggest paychecks, but, um, that's not the goal anymore. The goal is to just pay the bills, have access to quality combustible flour and quality manufactured products that meet my standards. Lab testing is another thing we can talk about that's fucking off the hook and I can't. Lab testing here, there are other house bills regarding lab testing because you can go to fucking ABC test one or Lab USA and get completely different terp profiles on the exact same samples. Uh, Some sample will have some microbial that's non-existent anywhere else. Like the labs are so inconsistent here. Um, They really tried to rein that in by saying, okay, you have to use XYZ labs. But up until this last year, it wasn't like that. We had suitcase labs. Yeah. Does somebody with a monocle they come out and look at the bud and they're like, you know what oh, I mean? Like, 45%. Man, that looks like 41. Oh, there's a, there's no, a no, 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 you can get it like on Amazon or whatever. It literally looks like a briefcase. Do you know what I'm talking about? No, um, for microbial think... testing or for yeah, potency just, testing? Uh, potency. Well, that's, but now you have to go. That's not how that works. No. Yeah. Yeah. No. So um, anyway, labs are all over the place here, which is why I just encourage people to trust their face. Um, Let me pull out my beaker here. Let me pull out my beaker here. Let me trust your it. face. Mm-hmm. I can read terpenes with my face and I can teach people to read terpenes with their face. Uh, as long as they're able, if they don't have any conditions that keeps them from not being able to use all of their senses. Like yeah. No face. If they. Some if people they... have a, a loss of smell or taste. You need both of those. You need to be able to see the flower. Um, anyway. Um, oh, doing great. On, on this podcast, we tell people to uh, shop with your nose. 
whatever okay, your nose your is nose sending nose, right? you to. Exactly. Yeah. Every time. My That's favorite thing, um, I, qual- I specialize in quantifying patients. So essentially I uh, evaluate whatever is in stock or whatever you're growing at that time. I, I've already evaluated the lab. So I already know what, I'm, what I have in my arsenal. And a patient approaches me or we have a one-on-one session and um, I just evaluate their effects requests and then um, deliver a practical care plan. And I always use the word practical because I'm not a medical professional or an idiot. Um, So (laughs) that's something that I picked up in doula care um, is that it's very important when you're talking about cannabis as medicine to not give any preconceived notion that you are a healthcare professional or, you know, an LPN or, you know, whatever, fill in the blank. Um, A lot of times you don't even want to be associated with those people. (laughs) Um, I I I got bit by a snake and I can heal people now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so it's important to just say practical care plan, but that's it. So like if you have a, a profile that's like your favorite that you've been working on and your lineage is super strong and you're like, oh, I want you to tell the patients about this profile. You would submit the labs to me. I would evaluate them and then create a lab report for you that uh, is simplified and speaks to the needs of the patient so that it relays your strain the way a patient needs to receive that information. The terpene profiles that you enjoyed the most type of thing. Is that what you're talking about? No, no, no. So the terpenes are one thing, but also the synergy of the cannabinoids with the terpenes um, and also it depends on whether you're doing combustible flour, what, what your source material, I mean, there are so many factors. Um, so really it's about listening to what the patient needs, whether it's a pain ailment, uh, whether it's a CB1 or CB2 need, essentially. That's how I shortcut that. That's my hack. Um, I listen to them. And if they tell me anything that's, uh, you know, a headspace, that's their CB1 need. Um, anything that's in their body, that's their CB2 need. And then my patients, my PCOS and my endo patients and my um, patients who have invisible illnesses are going to be both. Um, that's a shortcut. And then yeah. I just evaluate whether they want a daytime or a nighttime. And then I evaluate how intense they want that to be. And are there any other underlying things that they're trying to take control of, like a dietary thing or, you know, whatever that is. It's super quick. You just have to know the formula. That's awesome. That is awesome. That's fascinating. Um, Jesse, thank you so much for your time. We do want to have you back because you know so much about Oklahoma and how it's going to explode. Uh, I had like eight questions. I didn't even get a chance to ask. I'm sorry. Uh, it's okay. No, no, that's, no, no, no. That's, that's, that's that's what there's no clock in here. I have no fucking <laughs> idea what time it is. No, this is perfect. So, and like we do want to have you back probably in a couple of weeks. So we'll reach right. out just because because you seem because you're not growing every day. Because we talked to Brandon Rust, who was fantastic. Oh fuck! Yeah, he's. <laughs> Uh, yeah, awesome. I connected with him during the house bills. Yes, yes. he's a no, good he's, person to have on a podcast. He's awesome. Yeah, it was, it was, and we're gonna have him back because you both like together. It's like yeah, this, we're very like, passionate. Yeah, and you're doing different <laughs> things, so it's like a cool combination. So we really appreciate it. Um, yeah. I'm gonna holler at you tomorrow and get more information, uh, and okay. then we'll blast everything. Thank you so much for your yeah. time. Yeah appreciate you yeah keep spreading the good word that's amen